Good day, all. Welcome to a new episode of Learning Bible Truth with Dr. Kamala D. I am your host and teacher, Dr. Kamala D., here to teach you Bible truth, help you grow in faith, and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace. Now, I want you to remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Hi, Saints. Thank you for tuning in today. It has been a long day, but I promised you guys that we would complete episode four today. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, this is episode four of a 12-part series entitled Acts of the Holy Spirit, Why the Church Has No Power. Now, I don't want to take up too much time with an introduction. Okay, so for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, episodes one, two, and three is on my podcast. Now, I will mention the podcast at the end of this ser- of this episode. I'm sorry, but we have reached chapter nine. Uh, we will complete 10 and hopefully 11. Now, I think we may be able to do it, but however, this has been a long day for me and I did take a nap. Yes, I did. So, uh, although it's late, I think we will be able to complete 9, 10, and 11 today. And next Saturday, we should be able to do 12, 13, and 14. And then Sunday, 15, 16, and 17. And we are going to drive through this. We are touring the book of Acts. So without further ado, chapter 9, saints, and beginning at verse 1. Then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest, verse 2, and asked letters from, from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any anyone, or if he found any who were of the way, the way meaning the way, truth, and the life, going through Jesus Christ to get to God, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Verse three, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Verse four, then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, now this is the Lord Jesus Christ who is seated at the right hand of God, who just stopped Saul on, who was on his way to Damascus to persecute Christians, round him up, put him in jail, possibly kill some of them, okay? He encountered the Lord Jesus Christ. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Now, I want you to notice that Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Saul was on his way to Damascus to, to persecute Christians, to arrest them, to possibly kill them, and to bring them to jail. Okay, the ones that he was able to catch. But if you persecute the church, you are persecuting Jesus. Okay, because if you notice, I want you to listen again. This is verse four. Then he fell to the ground. He is Saul and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Verse five. And he said, who are you, Lord? Now, Saul, his name had not been changed yet. It's still Saul. 
Saul said, Lord, but he knew it wasn't a regular man talking to him. That voice was coming from the sky, from the heavens. Okay. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Now the goads, G-O-A-D-S. This means, because I know a lot of people ask me about this, that Paul may have had some convictions about what he was doing. Okay. He may have had some type of remorse knowing that what he was doing was possibly wrong. This is why Jesus made that statement to him. Verse six. So he trembling, Paul, I mean, Saul, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Verse seven. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Because Jesus was talking directly to Saul. Now the men that was with Saul, some other soldiers, some other officers, they didn't see anything. Paul didn't either. But actually, they didn't even make out what the voice was saying, but they knew it was a voice talking. And it's not clear whether or not they saw the light shining around Saul either. But anyway, verse, verse 8, Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were open, he saw no one. But they led him, they, the men that were with him, led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Verse 9, And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drink. He wasn't able to eat and he wasn't able to drink. Verse 10. Now there was a, a, a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him, and I want you to remember, he is a disciple, not an apostle. And to him, the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. Verse 11. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. And inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tyrus. Uh, I'm sorry, of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. Verse 12. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that the, so that he might receive his sight. Now, the vision is, is Saul seeing a vision. And you know that vision had to come to him by, by God or either, an, or either an angel um, that someone was going to come to him by the name of Ananias, lay his hands on him, and then Saul will re regain his sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, verse 13, then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Now, Christians were referred to as saints. They were not called Christians yet. Saints or either believers. Um, verse 14. And here he has authority from the chief priest to, to bind all who call on your name. Now, Ananias had a right to be apprehensive about this because they all knew who Saul was. Saul was the one who stood by while the Hellenists, um, and the Jews killed Stephen. As a matter of fact, they laid their coats at the foot of Saul and he agreed to the killing of Stephen, the one with a face like an angel. Okay. Now verse 15, but the Lord said to him, go for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, 
and the children of Israel, verse 16, for I will show him how many things he must, he must suffer for my name's sake. Now, you know, the Lord Jesus ain't about making nobody suffer. But what he was talking about here is that the call to ministry is bittersweet. And you can actually see how Paul later describes the ministry in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 12. And verse 17 talks about, you know, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it is generally agreed that Paul was converted three days earlier when he encountered the Lord. Okay, it's, it's generally agreed. Now, this experience then, which also included his apostolic commissioning, was likely Paul's initial baptism with the Holy Spirit. Now, let's pick up at uh, verse 17 and move forward. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you <laughs> on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Verse 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales from, from Saul's eyes, something like scales. And he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. Verse 19. So when he, he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus, not the apostles. Saul had not met the apostles yet. He was with the disciples and um, namely Ananias. Verse 20, immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues. Saul didn't waste no time, but I want you guys to get this. This is a huge conversion. Huge. This is the foundation of Acts. And the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus. Okay. You know who Saul was. Saul wasn't a friend to the church. Saul stood by and consented to the death of Stephen. Saul was on his way to Damascus to jail Christians. Y'all need to get this. That's the power of Jesus who can, he can convert anyone. Okay, anyone. Verse 20 again, immediately he preached to Christ in the synagogues. He didn't waste any time. That he is the son of God. He who? Jesus is the true son of God. Verse 21, then all who heard were amazed and said, is this not he who destroyed those who called on the name in, on the name, the name of Jesus in Jerusalem and has come here for, for that purpose? So that he might bring them back, bring them bound to the chief priest. And, and you notice the priest all throughout here condemning Jesus and persecuting Christians, huh? Okay. Uh, verse 22. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dealt in, in um, Damascus, proving that Jesus is the Christ. Verse 23, now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. Those Jews were something else. They plotted to kill Paul, Saul, because he was preaching Jesus. Okay, now that's one of the good things about America. You can preach Jesus without persecution. 
Now, America is not a Christian uh, nation. Trust me on that. America is evil. But in the Constitution, it says freedom of religion. Now, Jesus may not be a religion. He is the savior of the world. He saves you from religion. But you are not persecuted for preaching Jesus in America. That is a great thing about America. Okay, verse 24. But their plot became known to Saul and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Now, Saul found out about the Jews were waiting to kill him through his nephew, his sister's son. Um, verse 25, the disciples took him by, the, by night and let him down through the wall in a, in a large basket. They were protecting Saul. Okay. Verse 26. And when Saul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. See the, the other disciples, they knew who he was too. They knew Saul was one to be reckoned with. You know, they were afraid of him. They knew what he used to do to Christians and to the saints and to the believers. Verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. Now he is meeting the apostles. And he declared to them how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Verse 28. So he was with them at Jerusalem, them, the apostles coming in and going out. Verse 29. And he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists, these non-believing Hellenists, the, the um, Greek speaking Jews, but they attempted to kill him. Verse 30, when the brethren found out, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him out to Tarsus. Verse 31, then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee and Samaria had peace and were edified, meaning lifted up and walking in the fear of the Lord. Now, the word fear, when used in the Bible, especially this context, is talking about respect of the Lord, that reverential fear. OK, and walking in fear or, or we can say and walking in the respect of the Lord and in the in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied, mm. meaning more people were added to the church. And you got to remember in the early part of Acts, when we were reading that people, we had um, Christians added to the church daily because of them preaching the gospel, not preaching their own needs and their own wants and their own ideas. They were preaching the gospel. That's how you draw people to the, to the church, preaching the gospel, the forgiveness of sins, no matter what you have done, being filled with the Holy Spirit so that you can have power. In the name of the Lord Jesus, verse 32. Now it came to pass as Peter went through all parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydia or either Lydda, Lydda, which, which means L-O-D, Lod uh, in the Greek. Um, verse 33, there he found a certain man named Aeneas, Aeneas. I'm sorry, who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. Verse 34. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ heals you. Arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Who? Aeneas. He arose immediately. Ain't no, you know, waiting no three, four, five days for you to be healed. When you are healed by God, 
you are healed immediately. You're not healed within a week or two. You are healed immediately. So we, what we have to stop doing is comparing God's healing with, with man's temporary patch up healing. You can go to a doctor. That's plan B because God know they, that he was going to have some people who didn't have enough faith to heal or for, to allow themselves to be healed. He knew that because remember when he was sitting with sinners and was being accused by the scribes and the Sadducees of sitting with sinners. And Jesus said the sick need a physician. They relate to that because they had physicians during that day. So here's the thing. When man heals, you may have to have surgery. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean you're not saved. If, if you are not, uh, if you allow man to, uh, have a cut on you, which is called surgery. I'm sorry to be so graphic, but that's what it is. Um, you will have scars. Um, you may heal or you may survive, but Jesus guarantees healing. When he heals, there are no scars. It is the prayer of faith that heals the sick. You have to remember that. Let's do 34 again. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ heals you arise and make your bed. Then he arose immediately. Why did they put the word immediately in there? Huh? I want y'all to uh, rest on that for a second. Verse 35. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. Now let's talk about this. Just, just one more second. Now Aeneas was the recipient of a, an amazing blessing. Now verse 35 indicates that the healing was really designed to bring many to Christ. Because you got to remember when Jesus said, do not depart from Jerusalem until you are endowed with power with, from the Holy Spirit. See, along with preaching the gospel comes signs and wonders. Okay. Even though the apostles, you know, healed and, it, and coming up when Peter healed um, Tabitha, um, it wasn't done so that people can be drawn to Christ because they were already Christians. But in some cases, Signs and wonders follow the gospel so that people can believe. And this was one of them. This was one of them, you know, so that um, the miracle was not just a marvel. It was a sign. OK, now I want you to understand Joppa was just south of, of modern Tel Aviv. And in verse uh, 36, um, Dorcas was a devout and compassionate woman. This is Tabitha. Before, you know, you can read 36 now. I'm, I'm actually giving commentary now so we can get through these scriptures. Um, she was a devout, compassionate woman whose acts of generosity um, improved the quality of life for the, the, the disenfranchised in the community. Her concern extended beyond prayer to various sorts of practical services. She is noted for her aid to the poor. Now, in, in particular to widows for whom she served and did noble deeds. And you can also read Proverbs 31 and, and 20 as it relates to that. Now, the great display of sorrow at her sudden death showed the level of esteem held for her and conveyed her value in the community. Now, um, when Peter was called uh, to the location, we can, um, let me go to that scripture. 
Mm-hmm. Verse 36. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated Dorcas. Now, this woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, deeds which she did. Verse 37. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. She didn't just become sick. She died. So this tells you that disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, Christians, believers can get sick. And this also shows, and I'm giving you revelation, you probably have never heard that it wasn't her time because people have this idea that if somebody dies, it's their time to go. No, it's not. No, it's not because of sin, because of sickness and because of Satan, we can go before our time. But here's the thing. If you got enough faith before while Satan put this sickness on you or before, honey, you can be healed from it. But I want you to watch what Peter did. That's why I went back to these scriptures. I didn't want to zoom through this because I'm switching from my notes to um, scriptures. And that's why you you may hear a little hesitation sometimes. Right now I'm in the scriptures. Um, Let me do. Let me read 37 again. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Verse 38. And, and since Lydda was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, so they were already believers, okay? These are disciples of Christ. They sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. You notice how they talk. That's, <laughs> that's how they talk. But we would say and tell him to come immediately or tell him to come as soon as possible. But they said, employ him not to delay in coming, coming to them. They didn't tell Peter why they needed him, but they just needed him to hurry. Verse 39. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he had come, they brought him to the upper room and all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the tunics and garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. Verse 40. But Peter put them out. Ah, oh, did y'all hear what, what, what just happened? Peter put them out and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. Why did Peter put them out? Now, for, number one, they were already Christians. Number two, they had weak faith. Now, this is the proof that they had weak faith. They were crying because they could have healed her. They were disciples. So everybody, not they, everybody, uh, uh, even if you feel with the Holy Spirit, you don't know how to use it. Okay. They already were disciples. Wasn't the Holy Spirit for ev all the disciples? Anyone who believed on Jesus? Didn't everybody who believed on Jesus so far that we read receive the Holy Spirit? And with the Holy Spirit, Spirit comes power or they didn't receive the Holy Spirit. Okay. It doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means that you are a weak Christian, a Christian without power. That's what that means. So Peter put them out and pe those who know me know if when it comes to healing, you have to lay it all out there. You have to put people out the room who don't believe you have to put family and friends out the room. Who's talking crazy. Well, you know, it might be her time. No, you don't put them out the room. You send them home. You put them out the building. If you really want to be healed, you have to lay it all out there. Put the naysayers out. I love you, but you need to go and leave only the ones with true faith in healing in that room to pray for you so that you can be healed. I don't play when it comes to healing and never, ever, ever. And I've seen this uh, 
often. Ask somebody on Facebook who you don't even know to pray for you. You don't even know who those people are worshiping. They could be worshiping a tree. You don't know who your Facebook friends are, are worship and, and, and who they think God is. You know, we have people worshiping the moon and worshiping the stars and, and Saturn. We have people that worship nature, dirt. And I'm not trying to be funny. This is real. And you putting on Facebook, y'all pray for me, pray for you. You don't know these people and you don't know who they worship. You better get in there and say, Lord, I believe your word in the name of Jesus. I'm healed and I'm rising up. And I, I said that I, this, this is not in my notes, but the Holy Spirit lead me to say certain things. This was definitely not in my notes, but I'm telling you, y'all better be careful who y'all asking to pray for you. You have, you will have some people praying you in an early grave. Lord, if it's your will, I, you know, heal her. If not, you know, she coming on home. That's not a prayer of faith for, to be healed. And it's definitely not a prayer that's going to heal you. That's a prayer that's going to send you to, the, to hell if you're not saved or send you to an early grave. Okay, verse 41. Then he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Verse 42, and it became known throughout all Joppa and many believed on the Lord. Now, at the hearing of this miracle, because that's what it was, Peter raised someone from the dead. Didn't the scripture say she died? She was sick and died. So Peter had enough. Peter had the power to raise her from the dead. OK, and it became known to the people in Joppa. And then many of them believed on the Lord Jesus Christ as a result of that miracle. Verse 43. So it was that. So it was that he stayed many days in Joppa with Simon and Tanner. So Peter stayed with them a couple of days after that miracle. Now we have reached chapter 10. Praise God. Uh, beginning at verse one, there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Oh, we got some revelation coming here, saints. Oh, brace yourselves. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Verse two, a devout man, one who feared, meaning respected God with all his household, who gave alms, meaning money and food or clothing um, generously to the people. This man was rich. OK, but he was a rich man who gave to the poor genuinely and generously uh, to the people and prayed to God always. Verse three. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, verse four. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now, this man's good deeds. God noticed his good deeds and he noticed his heart. And his prayers had come up to God and they were now being acknowledged. But I want y'all to watch this. There's revelation here. Verse five. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Verse six. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. Verse seven. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius 
called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. See, I already told you he was a rich man, but he was a good man, good rich man, nice rich man. Verse eight. So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. Verse nine. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up, the apostle Peter, went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Verse 10. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Verse 11. And saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet, like a great sheet bound at four at the four corners, descending to him and let down on the earth. Verse 12. In it were all kinds of four footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. Verse 13, and a voice came to him. And this is Jesus speaking because it's written in red. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Verse 14, but Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Now, let me talk about that for one second. Three times Peter saw a vision or virtually unclean animals of virtually unclean animals. And each time a heavenly voice insisted that he eat them in, in violation of his Jewish convictions, his Jewish convictions. Okay. This triple vision was intended to show Peter that God is not a respecter of persons. Okay. And that he should readily accompany the strangers downstairs who was coming to his house to the residence of their Gentile master. Now, Peter would not have visited Cornelius's home if God had not spoken to him directly in that vision. Okay. Mm. Mm. Did, did, did y'all catch that? Uh, let's pick up at uh, verse 15 and a voice spoke to him again. The second time, uh, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This is God, Jesus talking to Peter in a vision. Peter not realizing then, because remember he fell, he fell asleep, but he, this is a, a, an actual event. This is real. And verse 16, this was done three times and the object was taken up into heaven again. So verse 17, now while Peter wondered within himself, what this vision, I mean, what this vision, which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for for Simon's house and stood before the gate verse 18 and they called and asked whether Simon whose surname was Peter was lodging there verse 19 while Peter thought about the vision he was still thinking about what what hey, what does this mean okay and remember what 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 Jesus said what God has called uh what God has cleansed cleansed can no man call common I want y'all to remember that um, verse 19, again, while Peter thought about the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Verse 20, arise, therefore, go down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. See, you don't <laughs> reject when God talked to you. And trust me, you will know when God is talking. Verse 21, then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he whom you seek. For what reason have you come? Peter still didn't know why uh, they had come to him. Verse 22. And they said, Cornelius the centurion, a just man, uh, 
one who fears God, meaning respects God and has a good reputation among all the nation of the Jews was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Verse 23, then he invited them in and lodged them, meaning he allowed them to spend the night because they didn't um, start going toward Cornelius's house until the following day. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren from Joppa accompanied him. My Lord. Oh, the revelation that's coming. Oh, I can just jump out this chair. Verse 24. And the following day, they entered Caesarea. Now Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. Cornelius called everybody to come to that house. Verse 25. As Peter was coming, coming in, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshiped him. Oh, but let me tell you what Peter told him. But Peter lifted him up saying, stand up. I myself am also a man. See, we don't worship men. That's only one little nugget through here as we get to the, the real revelation of this scripture. That's a little nugget. We don't worship men. It doesn't matter that Peter lay hands on the sick and they recover. He can lay hands on the dead and they arise. Let me tell you something. We don't worship men. We only worship God. And the moment you see people, you know, sweating and, and crying and shaking like they used to do over Michael Jackson. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And some people are doing that over some of these ministers and the ministers are not telling them anything. I'm telling you, they are not ministers of God. Do, do, did you hear what I just said? They are not ministers of the gospel. They may be masquerading as angels of light and masquerading as apostles and bishops and pastors. But if they are not telling people, it's, it, you don't, don't you bow down and worship me. They don't work for God. Okay, verse 27. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many who had come together. <laughs> he didn't, he was coming there to meet Cornelius and, and real, and he went into that room and saw all those people, family and friends of Cornelius, but it was a good thing. Verse 28. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man to keep company with, or go, go to one of another nation. See, let me start to unravel this and give you some re revelation. Now God had to appear to Peter because Peter still had some Jewish prejudice in him. And I remember I had a conversation about this with, with uh, another uh, minister and he, he had an issue with that. And I said, you see it in black and white. He still had some prejudice in him and it, it was hindering him from preaching the gospel. Okay. Because the, the, the commission was go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. He didn't eliminate anybody. God didn't eliminate anyone. We just saw where Ethiopian eunuch was, 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 um, saved by, uh, Philip, the, the, um, um, what, what was Philip? Philip was not an apostle. Y'all got to forgive me. I told y'all I was tired. The, um, evangelist, uh, who was on his way to a revival and, and, and the angel led Philip right to that Ethiopian eunuch so that he can show him uh, what he was reading in the Bible and explain that to him so that this man Ethiopian eunuch can understand what he was reading in the book of Isaiah. It led this Ethiopian eunuch to be saved. It led him to salvation as Philip told him about Jesus. Okay. So if you harboring any prejudice in you, most people can't be racist. If you're not rich, you can't be racist. If you are not in, um, 
authoritative positions at work, you can't be racist. But what I'm saying is they have a lot of people harboring, harboring prejudices in their heart that can prevent you, if you're a Christian, from preaching the gospel. And God wouldn't allow this. He wouldn't allow this. Now, there's another revelation coming up bigger than this. Bigger than this. So 28 again. Then he said to them, you know how unlawful it is for a Jewish man because Peter was a Jew uh, and Cornelius was a, a Gentile. OK, uh, meaning a non-Jew man to keep company with or go to one of another nation. But God has shown me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Did y'all hear that? God had to come to Peter in a dream and use four animals, which were considered to be unclean animals so that Peter could understand what God was trying to tell him. Peter would never eat an unclean animal, but God said, what, what I have cleansed, don't you ever call common. Okay. Now verse 29, therefore I came without objection as soon as I was sent for. I asked them, for what reason have you sent for me? Verse 30, so Cornelius said, four days ago, I was fasting until this hour. And at the ninth hour, I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing. That was an angel. You notice God talked to Peter and an angel talked to uh, Cornelius. There's a huge revelation coming up. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know if some of you caught it yet. But it's coming. Verse 31 and said, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard and your alms are remembered in the sight of God. Your alms, meaning your good deeds, um, the given to the poor or the less fortunate. OK, verse 32, send therefore to Joppa and call Simon, Simon here. Now, if you notice, they, they telling each other verbatim what happened. Now, both of them had similar visions. Only Peter, God was talking to Peter and an angel was talking to Cornelius, but they were on the same page. Okay. This is powerful. This is powerful. Um, 32 again. Send therefore to Joppa and call Simon here, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging in the house of Simon, a tanner by the sea. Verse 11. When he comes, he will speak to you. No, not that wasn't verse 11. I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, we were still in verse 32. Now we in verse 33. So I sent to you immediately and you have done well to come. Now, therefore, we are all present before God to hear all the things commanded by you by God. Oh, did you hear that? To hear all the things commanded you by God. Verse 34, then Peter opened his mouth and said, in truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. Now, what Peter was talking here, the fact that God shows no partiality means that he wants everyone that he is God wants everyone, regardless of their nationality or ethnic orientation to hear the gospel and believe. Now, in Christ, there are no barriers. And I want you to write down Galatians chapter three, verses 26 through 29. So you can read more about that. But this, there's another revelation coming up. Now, this was a huge revelation. I'm about to tell you about another revelation. Verse 35, but in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Now, let me give you all this revelation so y'all don't have to wait any further. Did we not read that Cornelius was a good man? Did we not read that Cornelius had a, a, a prayer uh, regimen set up? 
Did we not read that Cornelius shared his wealth with the needy, with the poor? Okay. I'm assuming y'all are saying yes. So tell me this. Why did he need Peter? Why did God send Peter to Cornelius's house? If y'all can remember earlier in, in, um, I think episode three or two. Yeah. Episode three. It doesn't matter how good you are. You still need Jesus. Cornelius, God had already searched his heart. He heard his prayer and finally acknowledged, but God cannot go outside of his salvation plan, his redemption plan. You have to go through Jesus to get to him. You, you understand what this is. Peter had to go and preach Jesus to Cornelius because he wasn't saved. Now you should be rolling over tan up stuff in the house by now. You still need Jesus. You ain't no good person on this earth good enough to get to heaven without going through Jesus. Oh, I'm going to let it sink in for a second. Mm -hmm. I don't care how nice you are, how good you are. You still need Jesus. Now, let me pick up at verse 35. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Verse 36. The word which God sent to the children of Israel. Now, here go Peter preaching Jesus. Okay, children of Israel preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Verse 37, that word, you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism, which John preached. Verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Verse 39. And we are witnesses of all things, which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree. The Jews killed Jesus by hanging him on a tree. We call a cross verse 40 him. God raised up on the third day. Listen to Peter preach that gospel him. God raised up on the third day and showed him openly verse 41, not to all the people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. What he is saying is we are witnesses to his resurrection and they don't have the amount here, but it's in, in, in the book of Acts. It's, it's going to come up later on in these episodes, but God showed Jesus, um, to over 500 people. When he arose over 500 people saw Jesus. Now it says over 500. It could have been a thousand could have been 2000. It says over 500 people. So Peter is saying, I'm a witness to the resurrection. He's explaining to Cornelius who Jesus is, because if, if Cornelius was never told about Jesus, he couldn't be saved. Do you understand what I just said? This thing is all about Jesus. That's why when the Jesus should be at the forefront of every sermon in church every Sunday. You have people coming to your church for the first time. And I'm talking about these so-called television ministries and they talking about everything but Jesus. So how are people going to get saved? They may mention Jesus along the way, but you, they are not telling the people about salvation. You got to believe. You got to look, you have to believe Jesus is Lord. He is the son of God. You have to confess with your mouth that you have to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, meaning that he is alive today. 
We've already seen and read that he's alive. Now you have to be spiritual to understand this. The carnal mind can't understand this. If you're born again and filled with the spirit, you will understand this. Now I have a sister, love her dearly. She's going to hear this because she's following this series. And she thanked me uh, this morning for clarifying a lot of things uh, for her. But um, look, if you are not led in these scriptures, you won't know. Even people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, some people who are filled with the Holy Spirit still don't understand these scriptures. So you have to be taught and, and praise God for my sister. She has a good heart. She's a good person. But if she don't accept Christ as Lord and Savior, in which she has, I'm just giving this as an example. She ain't saved. And I love you, baby sis. Love you. God bless you. And, and let's do verse 42 again. And he commanded us to preach to the people. Um, wait, hold up. Let me do 41 again. Not to all the people, but to witnesses. This is about witnessing, um, the resurrection of Jesus chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. Verse 42. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be judge of the living and the dead. Verse 43. To him, all the prophets witnessed that all the prophets was a testimony and witnessed and prophesied about Jesus resurrecting and being Lord and savior. Okay. Witness that through his name, whose name, Jesus's name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Bang. There you go. This is why he came to Cornelius's house. Okay. To preach the gospel because there was no way Cornelius could have received remission of sins. Doesn't matter how nice you are. God will search your heart and you better believe if he know you have a good heart, he going to hook you up with somebody that's going to teach you or, or preach the gospel to you. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Oh yes. Cause let me tell you, I, I hate to be so harsh, but if grandma can be 102 years old, if grandma never accepted Jesus, grandma ain't gone to heaven when she passed away. I hate to tell you that because the only way you can receive forgiveness of sins is through the blood of Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. And the only blood sacrifice God is accepting is through his son, Jesus, who died on that cross. Verse 44, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. See, that's uh, it's three ways you can receive the Holy Spirit. One, by hearing the gospel, it can fall on you. Number two, by the laying on of hands, it can be transferred to you. And number three, you can be studying and reading yourself and the Holy Spirit will fall upon you because that's what happened to me. I had been saved, had been called to the ministry, but still wasn't quite understanding the revelation of some of these scriptures until the Holy Spirit fell on me. Mm -hmm. I wasn't afraid because I had already read about it and was interested in it. When God searched my heart and knew I was serious, the Holy Spirit fell on me while I was in the house by myself and I began to speak with other tongues. So I know it's real. Yeah, I know it's real. Verse 45, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. You know, Peter left his house with a couple of men too. And, and listen, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. Verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, 47, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? Mm. 
verse 48. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Now tell me this. Why are churches baptizing people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? When we have already read in the book of Acts so far that people are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I told you the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have three different functions. You being filled with the Holy Spirit have nothing to do with you being baptized in water. If you are baptized in water, you are baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, not the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, man need to get his hand off of God's stuff. Really do. Now, we are reaching chapter 11, people. Um, I wanted to do an hour. We may go over, so let's just do it. Let's just do it. Um, beginning at verse 1. Now, the apostles and brethren who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. That Gentiles was Cornelius and his family and friends. Uh, verse 2. And when Peter came up to Jerusalem, those of the circumcision contended with him. You're going to always have some, some uh, really phony, fake Christians. I don't know what other words to use who want to challenge you because you were at somebody's house. If you were there preaching the gospel, you were supposed to be there. Okay? You were supposed to be there. These are people who are still holding on to their prejudices. We ain't supposed to be with the with non-Jews. No. Watch how Peter explained to them, and he's not going to miss a beat. He's going to explain to them verbatim what happened. Uh, contended with him saying, verse 3, you went into uncircumcised men and ate with them. Verse four, but Peter explained it to them in order from the beginning saying, verse five, I was in the city of Joppa praying and in a trance, I saw a vision and an object descending like a great sheet let down from heaven by four corners. And it came to me. Verse six, when I observed it intently and considered, I saw four footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things and birds of the air. Verse seven. And I heard a voice saying to me, and it was Jesus talking to Peter, rise pillar. I mean, Peter, kill and eat. Verse eight. But I say, not so, Lord, for nothing common or unclean has at any time entered my mouth. Verse nine. But the voice answered me and said from heaven, what God has cleansed. You must not call common. Verse 10. Now this was done three times and all were drawn up again into heaven. Verse 11. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was having, where I was having been seen to me from Caesarea. Let me read that again. That sound crazy coming out of my mouth. At that very, uh, this is verse 11. At that very moment, three men stood before the house where I was having been sent to me from Caesarea. Forgot about the comma. Thank you, Lord. Verse 12, then the spirit told me to go with them, doubting nothing. You hear how Peter is, he ain't adding nothing to it or taking it away. He telling them verbatim what happened. Moreover, these six brethren accompanied me and we entered the man's house. Verse 13, and he told us how he had seen an angel standing in his house who said to him, send men to Joppa and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. Verse 14, who will, who will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved? Verse 15, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. So there is no special order about, you know, you can receive Jesus and then the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit 
ain't going to fall on you before you receive Jesus. Let's, let's uh, establish that. You will receive Jesus, but in terms of water baptism and then being baptized by the Holy Spirit are two different events, and they don't have to uh, happen um, in a specific order. It's just long as you do them. And this is proof here. Okay. Uh, verse 16. Then I remember the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. These are two different baptisms. Okay. Water baptism and baptized by the Holy Spirit are two different baptisms. So we are not baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We are baptized in water in the name of Jesus. And then you are baptized outside of water with the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, I don't know how or when that changed, but I'm sticking with the word. Verse 17. If therefore God gave them the same gift as he gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I? that I could withstand God. That's right. When they heard verse 18, when they heard these things, they became silent and they glorified God saying, then God has also granted to the Gentiles repentance to life. Okay. You ain't got no choice. Peter told them the truth. This is what God did. They believed it. And Hey, we, we agree. We want to, you know, praise God and glorify God with you. Verse 19. Now those who were scattered, excuse me, after the persecution, that arose over Stephen traveled as far as, Ooh, excuse me. Y'all need to drink some water. Okay. There you go. They traveled as far as, as Phoenicia, Cyrus or Cyprus and Antioch preaching the word to no one, but the Jews only. Hmm. Okay, verse 20, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Okay, verse 22, then news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. Verse 23, when he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart, they should continue with the Lord. Verse 24, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Do you see this pattern here? The purpose is getting people saved, adding people. It ain't about adding people to a religion or adding people to a denomination. It's about adding souls to the kingdom of God. That's what this is about. Verse 25, then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. Verse 26, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for a whole year, they assembled with the church and taught a great many people and the disciples. And what were they teaching the people about Jesus? And the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Mm. Cause we were, we are, we are saints. We are believers. And it's not that God labeled them as Christians. It's just that the people started calling them Christians in Antioch. Okay. Verse 27. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Verse 28. Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. 
verse 29. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Judea. They helped one another. Okay, verse 30. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. We made it through chapter 11. Now, next Saturday, we will do 12, 13, and 14. And Sunday, we will do 15, 16, and 17. We are on a roll. There are some amazing things I am going to share with you and give you revelation of throughout the book of Acts. This is the early church. And someone asked me about, because I sped through it, uh, when I received my doctorate. I have a doctorate in theology um, and a master's in divinity and bachelor's in um, biblical studies. When I received my doctorate, my dissertation, we had to do a dissertation, was about the early church. So that's one of the reasons I know so much about it and I'm so passionate about because I know the church today strayed away from the teachings of the apostles. The church today is not helping people like they should be. There should not be a needy Christian in any church, in any fellowship, in the body of Christ. In the body of Christ, we should not have anyone in need. And as we continue to tour the book of Acts, you will see that they continue to help one another. And whenever there was a, a collection taken up, it was for a needy Christian. It was for a needy brother or sister in the body of Christ or in the kingdom. Okay. So I, uh, am anxious to, to continue this, this journey with you through the book of Acts. So until next time, I want you guys to say, stay safe, continue your physical distancing, wear a mask when you are outside in public, continue to pray for unity within the body of Christ, pray for peace, uh, in the United States right now, we can't be worrying about peace in another country. We live in the United States. So continue to pray for peace. Uh, within the United States, um, continue to preach the gospel. If God leads someone to you or to, or you to someone and they start talking about God and they appear to be confused, you need to lead them to Jesus, not to your denomination. You need to lead them to Jesus and then talk about your, where you go fellowship. Okay. So until next time, saints, this is Dr. Kamala D coming to you with love. Peace out. pray that you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this message, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because you feel we have been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Now until next time, Remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.